blind squirrel can find a nut and the worst division in all of professional wrestling can put together a decent match. How you doing out there in the internet wrestling community and all over your favorite social media or streaming services? It is me, it is me, the big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanova here, kicking it with you on a beautiful Sunday afternoon, even though, how would I know, I'm stuck in my basement. Not stuck, really, more like broadcasting live, because I could never be stuck if I'm here with you. And uh, don't tell Neil Diamond I borrowed his lyrics. But anyway, how you doing out there? It's your boy, Big Steve C., on the Heal and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news, information, and commentary about the world of professional wrestling, brought to you live, Daddy, by Heel Turn Wrestling. Haha, <laughs> I switched it up. I uh, did the things and I made them work uh, because, you know, I got to switch the style up so I can watch the money pile up. And I'm just going to get right to it. It's going to be a short show. I know I'm on a little bit earlier than uh, you expected me to be. I usually come on at about 5, uh, but I just wanted to get things uh, going because it's so much good stuff happening right now. Uh, and uh, only got to watch two shows this week. I'm going to rewatch. NXT and probably give you a little bit of a critique about it later on this week. So other than that, uh, have some uh, real uh, quick news for you. And then we're going to get into the exciting part of uh, the show for me. The biggest news, in my opinion, is, is that the AEW women's division actually had a really good match. But again, me being a critic, I think it was more of a byproduct of the two wrestlers they had in the ring versus anything in general that AEW is doing. Plus, we'll talk about the two inductees into this year's 2021 WWE Hall of Fame. One of them deserves it. And I wish she could get the chance to hear you deserve it. Clap, 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 clap from the crowd. But the other one is a bit more controversial. Who created a lot of cash for two different promoters throughout the 90s. So anyway, uh, that's called a tease in the biz. And speaking of the biz, let's get the business out of the way, shall we? We shall. Um, let's just tell you right now, I'm brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. The fastest, hottest, to the moon wrestling channel dedicated to the fans, produced by fans, for fans. And we got a ton of great shows we can't wait. Just like WWE is ratcheting things up for WrestleMania season, we are ratcheting things up on our little media outlet. We're not getting it twisted, right? 
Right now we have 88,000 likes. And the goal by the end of the year, December 31st, 2021, our goal is to get 100,000. And we can't do that without you. So we want to thank you out there. Thank you, first of all, personally for tuning into the Healing Face podcast. But thank you also for liking the podcast, for sharing it, for going to all my other social media outlets, not just Facebook, but on Twitter, but on Minds, but on um, checking out locals. I'll let you know. I might get back on YouTube. Who knows? I'm all over the place, Daddy. And not only the Heel and Face podcast on Heel Turn Wrestling, but all of the other amazing podcasts that we're going to have on Heel Turn Wrestling. The Wrestling 2020 show. You can wake up, have a little brekkie, with the Aussies, so to speak, and play some really fun trivia games. You can get into the War Room with uh, Kevin. Uh, you can, on Wednesday nights, uh, you can uh, listen to uh, Piers Austin and is shooting the S podcast where he talks exclusively to those on the burgeoning Australian professional wrestling scene, including the deathmatch and hardcore wrestlers that he's gotten to know over the years. Uh, that's a fun show to listen to. And, of course, we're bringing on a brand new... Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention uh, the mastermind, the evil genius behind this all, the uh, podcaster and promoter extraordinaire, Billy Alexander, with the Franchise Take 5 and the Behind the Mic podcasts. So uh, check those out. All you got to do is just follow Heel Turn Wrestling and all the links to all the other shows that we have on Heel Turn Wrestling uh, are readily available. Of course, you can also check out uh, the dank memes, the hot takes that we have. And before I even forget, we're bringing another podcast on Heel Turn Wrestling. That's right. We got these guys. These guys are fantastic. We're talking about Travis Knapper, we're talking about James McCarthy, the bruiser, and we're talking about Logan Morris himself, Logan City, that's right, all three of them are bringing the madness of their podcast to the turnbuckle, that's right, to the turnbuckle, is going to fill in our Tuesday night slots from 5 to 7-ish, they might go longer, because it was funny when we brought them on, when I brought them on, uh, the big boss man asked uh, himself, asked, well, can they have enough content for three hours? And I'm like, ha, do they have enough content for three hours? They have enough content for six hours. But, uh, you know, Facebook only uh, lets you go eight hours per broadcast straight. So um, we're bringing them on. They're coming on. Uh, they are chock full of uh, wrestling news, information, and, and analyst, analysis, goodness. We're bringing them on. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So basically, every day of the week, you can find someone who is analyzing pro wrestling for you uh, to interact with. We're not just sitting here for an hour blathering on, by the way. We love to be interactive. We want to be interactive. We want you to uh, take a look at the show. We want you to, um, to interact, like right now. Um, and Christopher Brown, as a matter of fact, now that I mention the two Hall of Fame 
uh, inductees into this year's class. Super fan Christopher Brown is up, and uh, how's it going? Shout out to uh, to you, my brother. And he said they leaked or possibly leaked another Hall of Fame inductee. Uh, now, uh, yes, the hot rumor is if you had a smart enough eye and you were uh, in the midst of transferring and getting a Peacock account so you could tune in to WWE after uh, the WWE Network app will go dark, uh, you may have noticed that a certain wrestler who is currently on the roster is also mentioned as an inductee into the 2021 Hall of Fame. If you have a keen eye, you can detect that there was a certain wrestler who's had, interestingly enough, collections put together under his name. And interestingly enough, he is also wrestling tonight at Fastlane. Hmm... Wonder, 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 wonder who. Yes, so for those of you who don't know or weren't aware, um, Daniel Bryan uh, was uh, the guy we're talking about. He was linked to all these different collections, and it even said, one of the bylines on Peacock Network said, uh, 2021 Hall of Fame inductee. So that was really weird uh, to put that out there, I think. Um in the mad scramble to put all this together, to put all the content from WWE on Peacock. Uh, they probably either put it on as a rib, put it on as a joke. Somebody's probably messing with somebody. I bet you somebody said, well, that intern definitely, we'll see how much this intern knows about pro wrestling. Let's just throw this in there and see if they catch it. And sure enough, somebody just put whatever they wanted. So, um, there is again, uh, Chris Brown uh, stating again, yeah, on the uh, uh, on uh, the uh, heel and face page, there he's letting us know that the rumor is uh, that Daniel Bryan is going to go to part time status uh, after WrestleMania, and that he's going to become like an agent, uh, which that was in the works for a long time too. So uh, good stuff uh, from the news desk. Uh, our crack staff at the Heel and Face podcast, citizen journalists coming in and sharing news. Thanks a lot, Chris. I really appreciate your uh, input to the show. And as a matter of fact, let's get right to it then, shall we? Because, again, I don't want to delay anything. Speaking of... 2021 inductees we know that uh they snuck in daniel bryan but two people that obviously they didn't sneak in are molly holly and eric bischoff so congratulations to molly holly and eric bischoff this year's wwe hall of fame inductees and uh, i find these nominees both uh interesting and entertaining for a couple different reasons I think uh, one, uh, Molly Holly, again, as I said earlier, uh, deserves the you deserve it, clap, 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 chant, because she endured arguably the worst era of women's professional wrestling in the WWE 
uh, since Moolah had the belt for like 20 years and pimped her girls out to the other wrestlers. Um, and she was basically the anchor of an era where literally, and this is, by the way, this is not, you know, conjecture. This is not um, people just, uh, you know, saying things because they hate uh, John Laurinaitis. Um, this was coming from an era where WWE talent scouts and directors of talent were literally thumbing through lingerie magazines to look for the future female wrestlers. Not wrestlers who could go, not wrestlers who are uh, athletic, you know, wrestlers who looked good in bikinis. That's the only people they were hiring at the time because if Trish Stratus can work, you know, they want to recapture lightning in a bottle. And for every, you know, Playboy model and, um, you know, uh, car show hostess that applied for the diva contest or the diva searches or whatever during the divas era, Molly Holly was one that stood out because she was different because shockingly she could actually wrestle and shockingly she could actually work and shockingly she was a natural athlete who also looked great. So bam, it's a natural and she deserves surviving that whole era of uh, the dark times of uh, the diva search process. And speaking of dark times, the other nominee who was just announced recently, Eric Bischoff, uh, Sleazy E, if you will, the man who some would say earned, others would say manipulated his way to the top of the world of professional wrestling, taking advantage of a dying territory and flipping it into becoming one of the most controversial figures of the modern professional wrestling era. So, either way, um, two people who are kind of polar opposites in the world of professional wrestling, yet two people who deserve to be in the Hall of Fame as well. Um, congrats to Molly Holly again. You know, what can be said? Uh, she had her, her best run, I think, is um, uh, kind of the sidekick to uh, Hurricane Helms um, as, uh, oh shoot, uh, it wasn't super, super Molly or something like that. I can't remember it, but I remember her costume. It's, it's like the plainest day. Kind of went back to her old indie roots as Starla with that costume. Um, she, you know, she did a lot. She did everything. I mean, she even bled. Like, she got her hair shaved. She did pretty much everything you wanted to do. You wanted her to do. And there was a little bit of humiliation because she wasn't a quote-unquote diva. Uh, a lot of dumb stuff that she had to endure. But she was also a damn good wrestler. She could wrestle the smaller male wrestlers. She could carry her own. She could definitely wrestle a good match against uh, the female wrestlers. And it's like she, she stood out and almost very, 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 very closely almost made all of the uh, supermodels look terrible. Um, and that's a, that's a compliment. Like, she was so good, 
that she made everybody else look bad. But she didn't intentionally make everybody look bad. She was so nice and so sweet from all accounts, from other wrestlers. All the, 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 the girls in the back loved her. Um, she wouldn't, uh, there's nothing really she wouldn't do. And uh, her, I remember the table for three with her and I think it was her, Alita, and Trish or something like that was super cute. And um, she still looks amazing. She still looks like she could go. She was in the, the Royal Rumble, I think, either this year or last year. So uh, good for her. And what could be said about Eric Bischoff? That hasn't already been said. Um, he rolled a career from getting in as a backstage interviewer uh, with uh, Vern Gagne in the dying days of the AWA. And he parlayed that in, into uh, basically beating Vince McMahon, the number one wrestling promoter in the world, uh, for 83 weeks. Hence the term 83 weeks in the podcast. And you can go over the accolades all you want to. You can read his Wikipedia page. My biggest question is, as acrimoniously as he left the WWE a little while ago, to bring him back is uh, really, I don't know, uh, really strange. Maybe that was something in part of his contract. Maybe this is something where Vince is saying no hard feelings, um, that, that you know, I'm not going to let bygones be bygones. You admitted that you screwed up and we admitted it was probably a mistake to hire you kind of sight unseen since you hadn't really been involved with the product for about five, six years. So, um, so, uh, you know, uh, this doesn't like he doesn't deserve it. As a matter of fact, uh, he uh, completely deserves it. Um, it's, it's just, it was really weird how it kind of shook out. And of course, now what they do is they want to drum business and get uh, social media and uh, media buzz on uh, the bump. So now that's what they do. They just get get them gotcha uh, interviews with their friends. You know, Eric Bischoff and uh, Molly Holly were both notified that they were WWE Hall of Fame inductees on the bump. So, I mean, you know, that is what that is. And yes, I also do know that the original four members of the NWO will be inducted just so Hulk Hogan can say that he was a two-time nominee into the Hall of Fame along with in Nash and Scott Hall and Sean Waltman. So good for them. I know they're getting inducted as well. So there you go. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. And um, hopefully they won't be as wild as they were in the olden days. Um, that is our news. Pretty much, except for the one news article that I'm about to talk about in a minute. But before I do, I wanted to show you guys a way you could definitely support the show. Um, there's different ways you can support the show, obviously. I haven't 100% set the show up for monetization uh, just yet uh, for lots of reasons. And the one reason is, you know, I'm still kind of doing this for fun. Like, I'm not really doing this like for the glory, but I do appreciate all of you out there. And one way you can uh, support the show and also support Heel Turn Wrestling is if you go to our Pro Wrestling Tees website. That's right. We are on Pro Wrestling Tees, Daddy, and uh, we're one of the few uh, wrestling-centered uh, media outlets that's actually on Heel Turn Wrestling. I know people buy their own individual podcasts, 
I know people have their own individual podcasts on there and they have their own individual stores. Uh, but uh, really, we're one of the few that has everybody uh, in the same house. So we got this done. It is, by the way, merch madness, not March madness, merch madness. So for the entire month of March, you can save, I believe it's 20%. On any purchase, maybe even 30%. I don't know, but you need to go to uh, our social, or I'm sorry, our website on Pro Wrestling Tees, our little store, and you can check out all of our awesome t shirts. Billy Alexander, the franchise takes five podcasts. You can check out our blogger and meme god alcoholic adams t-shirt right there you can buy the very stylish that all the kids are wearing heel turn wrestling company logo and of course in my humble opinion the best looking shirt on our page the heel and face podcast t-shirt so all of this cool merch is available for you to flex and flaunt and say, hey, I'm part of the in crowd. All my friends are doing it, and it will make me feel good. You should do that. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash heel turn wrestling. That's ProWrestlingTees.com backslash heel turn wrestling. So, all right, let's get to it. Uh, I don't want to lose any steam, lose any momentum. Like I said, this is going to be a really short show today, um, but... Uh, we're just going to uh, get right to it and talk about uh, the best match, I think, that AEW has ever had, in my opinion. And I know I bang on AEW a lot. I know I bag on them quite hard. I'm not a fan anymore. I gave them a benefit of the doubt, and I gave them time to try to prove themselves and it turned out uh, it bit me in the behind. But I will say this. The women's match that everyone's talking about now. The final match that of the night that didn't really honestly make a whole ton of sense in context with whatever everything else is going on. But as you know, there is a burgeoning rivalry between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, uh, DMD. And I think that they've finally got the opportunity to elevate or at least separate some of the wheat from the chaff in the AEW women's division. Let's face it. I've seen females on the independent circuit just coming out of wrestling school literally having better matches than half of the AEW women's locker. And by the way, Maki Ito is gone, thankfully. So really, you it's like this happened as addition by subtraction. And I'm just going to spend a lot of time. If you want to, by the way, comment below on any part of AEW that you found this week that was good. That might have been good outside of the Lights Out match 
which shouldn't have been a lights out match. They should have called it something else. They should have go ahead and I know I know you don't want to call it one, but since AEW leans the hardest towards the uh, IWC, they might as well have just called it like a death match. I'm sure there's some censors or the AEW or TNT bigwigs probably said you can't call it a death match, which is fine. You probably can't. But regardless, you should have called it like something, right? You should have. It lights out match. Basically, uh, the implication is yes, you have to knock your opponent unconscious. I don't know if the end, um, Britt Baker was unconscious. I tried watching the last two minutes again to see the, the finish again. I don't know if she just basically got pinned as opposed to lights out. Because, that, again, that's the implication, right? If it's a lights-out match, that means you knock someone's lights out and they can't respond. So call it something else. Don't call it a, a lights-out match. I'm not going to let semantics distract me from actually how good that match was. I mean, I, I, again, I haven't followed necessarily the women's division that closely to know how this came to fruition. I know this was boiling over for, for a long time between these two. Um, but it still uh, was very well done. Like even from start to finish, uh, the hot start, they both hated each other, went after each other. Um, a lot of good stiff work, uh, which hasn't been in the AEW women's division in a while. Uh, the, the, the punches and kicks have been either missing by a mile or looking like just complete garbage, like fake garbage. Uh, so, uh, you know, they, they, they just keep doing the high, the high spots and all that stuff. And, and it looked like they didn't get lost. They could have gotten lost because it's really easy to get lost in a gimmick match. It's hard enough going out and doing a regular match and you have to do like kind of a gimmicky death match or something like that or no DQ. The match itself, uh, it was fantastic. Um, I thought, uh, really well put together, um, you know, Britt Baker got the advantage early, and, and uh, Thunder Rosa got color first. I would have liked to see a lot more color on Thunder Rosa, uh, and for one or two things. Again, you know me; I can only survive about two or three death matches a year. Um, but, but but when I want to see him, I want to see him done well. And I, you know, shout out by the way to TNT for letting uh, this happen. Uh, this time it was no fake blood. There's no ketchup. Nobody's 70 year old dad was laying in a pool of ketchup, not selling it. Um, this was actually real stuff. Uh, somebody, thankfully somebody in the back of AEW remembers how we used to do it back in the old days and, and show them how to do it right. Especially for, for women. Um, and you know, I don't want to get too much into the whole like sexism thing, but we know like. Uh, you know, there's the image that you have to keep up, right, where, you know, unless you're hardcore, and there are a lot of hardcore female wrestlers out there, by the way, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of hardcore female wrestlers out there who are like, look like Abdullah the Butcher in the forehead, um, but, you know, relatively speaking, um, you don't want to have, especially if you're a female, giant scars going down, you know, unless they really mean something, so the way they, uh, uh, you know, cut each other or cut themselves right along the hairline where, uh, you know, you can't really see it, but you can still, it'll still go. The problem with that is it better be big because it's got to flow everywhere. The blood has got to flow. If it's going to flow, it's got to flow. You can't have like a, 
busted lip unless you're doing some some screwy finish with like a first blood match where a guy uh, gets gets his uh, lip busted and all of a sudden, oh, that's a little bit of blood, call the match. Like it's happened in WWE before, which I don't mind. It's context is everything. But I would like to have seen Thunder Rosa bleed a little more. Uh, one, because of the contrast of her um, um, where they inspired uh face paint on one side would have been really cool to see the blood on the other. And two, it didn't look like a whole lot. It looked like, you know, it, it dried up quickly. So it didn't look as bad as it could have or should have not like Dr. Britt Baker, who I know I have been destroying Britt Baker. Um, you know, I've been saying kind of mean things. I get it. Like, uh, to borrow a phrase from AJ Lee, uh, it's, it's, it's a shame that, uh, talent isn't sexually transmitted. I get it. Um, I know her boyfriend's work far outshadows hers and she has been sloppy at times and, and hokey at times and just a step off at times, but I, I don't know what it was. I don't know what in clicked inside. I hope she continues this. Then she'll become the, uh, wrestler that everybody's expecting her to be some clicked with uh Britt baker and i don't know what it was and it, whatever it is please hold on to this for a while please keep this for a while um the uh spot with the uh on the folding chairs was pretty badass the uh uh the table break i don't know if there was a a, a table i don't remember if there was a table beforehand or not um, the, the, uh, Thunder Rosa throwing a chair was pretty vicious. Um, the, even the way that they did, uh, juice was really, was, was really cool how they did it. Um, Thunder Rosa got hers after, uh, Britt Baker smashed the uh, ladder into her face. And then, uh, I believe, uh, Britt got hers from, uh, Thunder Rosa throwing that chair at her. And, uh, and it's smashing her against the steel stairs. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that's how it went. Um, and, and once she got cut, Brit, it started to look, okay, we, okay, oh, we get it. Oh my gosh, she believed. But at some point, I don't know what she did. Um, maybe the adrenaline was flowing, or maybe she snuck in a, a couple more, a couple more shots to herself. But like, there's that iconic picture. And I wish I would have gotten it for you guys. But there's that iconic picture at the end of the match where all of the uh, right side of uh, Britt Baker's face is just covered in blood. And it looks awesome. Uh, you know, again, if you're going to do a death match, if you're going to do a blood match, do a blood match, right? Uh, and I might say this may be AEW uh, trying to uh, appease its fans and trying to bring them back from the fiasco of the last two weeks of uh, revolution and the terrible pyro and whatnot. So half of it, they leaned into it and, uh, you know, put it on Kenny Omega and Kenny Omega being flippant about it. But I think the other part of it is they had to get the fans back by kind of making it legit. And if they're going to promise a death match, they're going to deliver a death match. Uh, or a hardcore, or a underground, or unsanctioned, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, the match finish even made sense. 
uh, you know, Britt got a lot of uh, heat on the end. She got a lot of uh, offense in. It looked like legitimately Thunder Rosa might lose. Uh, then uh, Rebel interfered, and she, you know, God bless her too. Uh, she's not as old as I am, but you know, we're we're in the same neighborhood. Um, you know, her wrestling career really hasn't taken off like how she expected it. It might. Um, but, uh, you know, God bless her. Uh, she took some shots to, to, to the head herself. Uh, she took some shots from the crush. She took some, I think she took a chair shot. She took a bump on the outside, um, interference, uh, all building up Thunder Rosa, the big baby face to come back and get her win. Um, the attacks, uh, were brutal. Uh, Britt taking the attacks, uh, with no padding whatsoever, um, and then, uh, you know, going out on Thunder Rosa, putting, uh, her finishing maneuver on the tax and then Baker reversing, putting, uh, her in the, uh, the lock jaw on the tax and then, uh, the finish outside through the table with the pin, and it was all, all put together. Well, just a fine, fantastic job. Psycho psychologically, the match was great. The moves were great. All of the uh, spots were, were on. There wasn't anything botched. There was it was it was really good. Um, I'm not gonna go like Uncle Dave and say it was seven out of seven stars, and say this was the greatest match since Bull Nakano versus Aja Kong. Uh, I'm I am gonna say though, they definitely set the curve for the AEW Women's Division, and. One of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to continue this feud and try to bring some respectability to the AEW women's division. Or Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker got to get the hell out of there. And I don't care if they go to NWA. I don't care if they go to Japan. I don't care if they come to the Performance Center. Even though they won't because there's a ton of talented females there right now. But uh, I, I, Thunder Rosa definitely has to get out of AEW because she it's kind of like what CM Punk said to Triple H they need her but she doesn't need them and before she falls into bad habits and gets terrible booking by AEW having to fight whomever and uh, before uh, Britt Baker loses all the steam and momentum that she built with this match uh, the two just gotta get the hell out I mean, they got to take it somewhere else. Uh, and I hate saying that, uh, you know, being someone who wants to see competition, but I also want to see good wrestlers get treated how they deserve. Uh, just very quickly, on the rest of uh, uh, the AEW card, um, what I don't know. What else is there uh, to say other than the whole rest of the card was trash? Um, not interested in Jade Cargill, uh, even though she had an extended squash. Um, the Pinnacle, meh, okay, all right. So you're the new heel faction, Teray, Pop Fizz, wow. Uh, you have four of the most elite wrestlers in AEW in one group and apparently Sean Spears. Um, 
blah, 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 Taz, blah, 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 Sting, blah, 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 Darby Allen, which is a shame because I like Darby Allen. Uh, and uh, it, it completely stupid blow off between Cody Rhodes and El Pentazero, Miero Octagon Jr. Uh, he, Cody Rhodes has a bad shoulder, but you wouldn't be able to tell by the way he was wrestling and not selling anything. Uh, Pentagon Jr. has his most devastating arm breaker uh, maneuver that's uh, supposedly put everybody else, like in PWG at AAA and in Impact and everywhere else he's gone in the hospital, except for Cody Rhodes, who just basically didn't sell it and put uh, Pentagon in the crossroads. So I don't understand any of that at all. Uh, the match looked dumb, especially you would think with a blow off, like you wouldn't think you'd blow off a feud immediately. Like you, you created it last week, and now this week Cody Rhodes is victorious over Penta. And by the way, remember when Penta was like the hottest free agent in professional wrestling? Boy, five years ago was the days, wasn't it? So uh, that's, that's enough about uh, AEW and enough about uh, the bad parts of the show because I don't want the bad parts of the show overshadowing what really worked with the show, uh, which was the women's match. And uh, I, again, uh, maybe I'll put it in an honorable mention at the Heel and Face Awards at the end of the year. I just want to say and give credit where credit is due. I know I crap on AEW a lot, and I still did today, but it's not going to redeem the show. It's not going to make me a fan again. But all the buzz that it got, and I had to check out the buzz, and wouldn't you know it, it lived up to the buzz. And probably that match was probably one of the best matches AEW's had in its short two-and-a-half-year history. So... That's the end of kind of the news segments, kind of an extended news segment. Sorry about that. Mouth's getting really dry. When we come back, I'm going to uh, go in and out for a minute. And uh, when I come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Raw. And we're going to preview Fastlane for tonight. So stay tuned. And I'm back. By the way, before I continue again, I want to remind you to check out Heel Turn Wrestling at HG Wrestling 316 on Facebook. We're deadly serious about getting 100,000 likes and 100,000 subs by the end of the year and, make, and help us make it happen. Uh, you can be part of it because this is a fan-driven network anyway. So the more fans uh, uh, post on here, the more you share our dank memes, the more you share our shows, the more you tell everyone else about us. You know, don't just talk about my show, but talk about all the other great shows that you can see on Heel Turn Wrestling, and you can uh, broaden our audience, and that just makes it all better for everybody else. And don't forget... Uh, to check out uh, our show, our, uh, Heel Turn uh, Wrestling store at ProWrestlingTees.com. Let's get right to it, shall we? Let's talk about Raw. Uh, because there were um, some interesting developments, some blow-offs. I'm finally glad to see some things happen and other things. It's just like... We got to put everybody on the show. So as you know uh, from the nominees, the WWE, the one thing Vince McMahon 
super hyper macro produces is WrestleMania. He always has. Ever since WrestleMania 1, that's been his thing. So there are some tropes to look for, like in the Hall of Fame process. There's a female. There is a, um, a minority wrestler or a, a non-white wrestler which uh, who hasn't been announced yet. There's two or three draws. There is a posthumous uh, uh, induction. Then there's like a group induction of guys before WWE era or in the WWF or whatever that he just feels like he wants to uh, endorse. Uh, there's there's usually a tag team, and then there's just uh, the celebrity wing, the Hall of Fame. By the way, um, just as an aside, uh, I don't know what we're doing, but why Cindy Lauper isn't either Cindy Lauper or Cindy Hall? Why they are not neither of them part of the WWE celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame? I don't understand. It would be nice uh, cross pollination to you know uh, uh, get Arsenio Hall. In, especially now that Coming to America 2 is out. But, uh, I mean, what are we talking about? If we're talking about the women's revolution and we're talking about women's wrestling, and this is the women's history, well, women's history month for another week or so, but if we're talking about, you know, women's contributions to the world of professional wrestling, the fact that we're not mentioning Cindy Lauper as a, a celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame. I don't get it, but uh, what do I know? I'm just a guy who talks about wrestling in his basement. So uh, let's talk Raw then. Um, this is, of course, the go home for Fast Lane, which means this is also kind of Fast Lane's the go home for uh, or blow off for uh, WrestleMania. And at least it wasn't. Uh, Control C, Control V of last week's episode, kind of like last week's was of the week before. Um, uh, first, we get The Miz coming out to uh, challenge Drew McIntyre, who wanted to challenge Bobby Lashley. Um, the you know The Miz talked about again how he deserves a shot and. Um, and he wants to earn it back, getting back at Bobby Lashley by going through Drew McIntyre, who is on a mission to go back. Uh, so McIntyre uh, welcomed The Miz with open arms, and it didn't go so well again for The Miz, who lost by Drew McIntyre sending a message to Bobby Lashley by putting The Miz in the hurt lock. Um, so that was, that was cool to see that. Next match, uh, there was backstage interview, uh, with Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose about, you know, how, uh, like they're coming together as a tag team or whatever, uh, which is sad because, uh, I don't know. Fire and Desire should never have been broken up anyway, and they've been looking for the last three years to do something with Dana Brooke, and it's not happening, but uh, it is what it is. Um, by the way, uh, R-Truth was celebrating 316 Day uh, by wearing all the Stone Cold gear and announcing the 25th anniversary merch 
from, uh, has it been 25 years since Austin 316 said I just whooped your ass? Oh, boy. Wow. How old are we all now? Uh, well, anyway, uh, Baszler and Nia Jax were at ringside for this match. And Naomi and Lana are kindred spirits. Uh, they're both into dancing. They both, uh, you know, have troubles with their uh, significant others, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. They team up. Uh, they go at it. It was a match. Uh, I guess... Uh, Nia Jax was trying to interfere or getting loud. All of a sudden, you know, Shayna was talking crap in the microphone. All of a sudden, Asuka runs down and uh, just just puts the boots and starts beating up Baszler, um, which was good. And that caused uh, a little confusion on the part of the wrestlers in the ring. Um which allowed for Dana Brooke to hit the neck breaker on Lana and the one, two, three. Um, shame that Lana's getting so much better in the ring. Uh, shame that Mandy Rose isn't teaming with Sonya Deville anymore, that they just threw her in another tag team. If they don't get a Raw tag team championship, then I don't know if I want to see any more uh, women's tag teams on Raw. But anyway... Um, the, the big news was that Asuka is going to seek revenge from Baszler for knocking her tooth out. Uh, some cool spots of uh, the, uh, Asuka taking the turnbuckle off and putting uh, Baszler's face up against it with pulling out her mouthpiece. This is the kind of stuff I want to see. Crazy Asuka versus Shayna Baszler. Give that to me all day. That's got to be the main event at Raw. That's got to be the main event. I'm sorry, not main event at WrestleMania. That's got to be the women's championship. And I wouldn't mind seeing Baszler win it at WrestleMania. Uh, conspicuous by her absence, by the way, was Charlotte Flair. There were rumors that Charlotte might not even be on the card. Uh, she was pulled late, even though she was in a lot of the promotional uh, 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 shots for uh, WrestleMania. Uh, she is currently not in in any promotional shots for WrestleMania, even though she's promoting it on her Twitter account. Um, again, the dirt sheets and the backstage rumors and the moles in the back are telling everyone that Charlotte's been more than uh, emotionally aloof and distant from the rest of the writing team, not necessarily the girls. She's not taking it out on anybody in the back, um, but, you know, she's gone frosty with management and she's gone frosty with the writing and the booking. Apparently, this is has something to do with how they are treating her fiancé right now and how they're keeping Andrade off uh, TV, plus the fact that Charlotte's been very open about how it's not her time right now. The other girls in the locker room need to shine. She's that's almost a direct quote from her. So uh, they may be giving her what she wants in a backhanded punishment type of way. I really don't see them punishing Charlotte Flair of all people. Like you know, the, the Rhodes family gets defamed left and right, but 
Uh, Triple H won't stand for any uh, insults coming the, the Flair's way. So um, we'll see if she's really getting punished or not. But she's definitely being held off TV. Um, this was a shocker that I'm actually not really happy about. Uh, the New Day beat the Hurt Business for the Tag Team Championship to become the 11-time Tag Champs. I'm I'm upset because I really thought with this the positive momentum that the Hurt Business has, especially with Bobby Lashley as the champion, and I really do wish MVP was well enough to fight for the U.S. belt again. But um, I don't know what's going on with him. I I just I really enjoy the fact that the Hurt Business is literally like the new Four Horsemen or a better version of the Four Horsemen, and perhaps the pinnacle of professional wrestling, but. Why digress? I don't want to touch that one. The New Day win for the 11th time, uh, and they immediately are challenged by AJ Styles and his uh, attache, whatever you want to call him, bodyguard, whatever you want to call him, uh, Omos. I don't know how to pronounce the name. They've been saying Omos or Omos, uh, Omos, whatever. Uh, point is, the dude is like six foot two and three hundred twenty pounds, and he can talk now on the mic. You can, I mean, the limited things he says, he actually sounds pretty good. Um, AJ Styles comes in and says, "You know what? The only belt I haven't won in WWE is a tag belt." Even though, despite he's had ample opportunity to tag or or hang out with his friends, do it when. Uh, Gallows and Anderson were in WWE, but that's beside the point. Um, so now that he's got somebody, he and Omos are going to challenge for the uh, tag belts, which says a lot of things. One thing it says is they are plumb out of ideas. Uh, another uh, thing it says to me is, this is what WWE does. I talked about tropes earlier. I talked about how uh, the WWE has certain things that they look for at every WrestleMania, certain trope slots they fit in every WrestleMania. And one of them is uh, introducing a guy who's green to, uh, uh, to a big stage. And uh, this is the slot. They're going to introduce Omos. They want him to be in the ring so bad they can taste it. Uh, whether he's ready or not, who knows, but he's going to get to be on the biggest stage of them all, WrestleMania. Uh, you know, um, uh, they're not putting him in a giant furry suit. Uh, they're not dressing him in all uh, gray Undertaker affair uh, or anything like that. Uh, they're basically just keeping him regular. So hopefully it'll work. Hopefully the guy knows at least two or three moves. He's not just going to be big manning it around the ring in his debut. Hopefully he can do something. And against the New Day, so um, I'm not going to make a prediction, but I am going to say it's possible that we might see uh, Omos finally elevated. And I'm just going to leave it at that because I need to get moving. Um, so as... Uh, R-Truth is wandering around the backstage area showing off his Stone Cold merch for Happy Stone Cold 316 Day. He comes into contact with uh, Damian Priest and Bad Boney, who are backstage hanging out, right? And, of course, he's flexing the 24-7 championship. And 
hilariously. By the way, they don't know what they have in R-Truth, and as long as R-Truth's happy with what he's doing and getting paid, he's 100 million years old. He doesn't look at... Um, he was coming up from behind with a Stone Cold Steve Austin vintage lunchbox, collectible lunchbox, and they caught him, and he was like, oh, I was trying to give this to you and show you all the cool stuff inside. Oh, my God, our truth is, is a national treasure. Uh, he was coming up, and uh, as a peace offering for uh, everything else, for giving uh, Bad Bunny all the Stone Cold merch, uh, Bad Bunny bestowed upon... Our truth the 24 7 365 i-95 south inner europeo continental championship so our truth got it back and uh as uh as it is um uh our truth now the new champ which leads to uh uh, getting chased by Drew Gulak again and everybody else in the back. So uh, there was that uh, funny exchange. But uh, as Damian Priest and Bad Bunny was out there, their ongoing feud with uh, Elias and Jackson Riker took center stage. Jackson Riker actually got some time on national television. What, this has been five years since he's been uh, in WWE or whatever. Seems like that long. And uh, he got some time in, and, and uh, he lost to Damian Priest, of course, right? Because they want to make Damian Priest the new star. But um, Elias's guitar was almost used and thrown out of the ring. After Damian Priest gets the uh, win, and he and Bad Bunny are celebrating in the ring, from behind, out of nowhere, the Miz comes storming back into the ring and waffles Bad Bunny in the back with a guitar, Bad Bunny reacting, apparently, to a mild swear in Spanish, or at least a Puerto Rican word. Um, I guess, obviously, the regular feed didn't get it, but I guess USA uh, or Telemundo, whatever, uh, whatever channel you uh, NBC Universal shows raw in Spain and in Spanish-speaking countries. Apparently they caught it. So I don't know. You know, it goes back to the whole thing of um, I could cuss you out in Italian, but you only a very small percentage of the population would know what I was talking about anyway. Unless it was like, uh, you know, like censors from Facebook Italy or whatever figured it out. Um... So guess what the feud is? They're looking for the popular guy or the uh, the the superstar. This is the this is the uh, attention from the media. This is the, the outside of the wrestling industry superstar coming in to feud. So this is what this is now. Now the all the publicity is going to go towards this match. It's going to happen between Damian Priest and uh, Bad Bunny versus uh, The Miz and Morrison. You can bet that that's going to be a tag match, definitely. Um, something that uh, no one is interested in at all is uh, Shane McMahon continued to humiliate and uh, make fun of Braun Strowman. So again, all the slots for WrestleMania being filled in, uh, the uh, 
the work in the big monster in when the big monster is not necessarily part of the main event of WrestleMania. You got to work him in somehow. So we're doing like a reverse David and Goliath where uh, Braun is actually the baby face and Shane McMahon's the heel, uh, just like the uh, Shane did with the big show, just like he did with Kurt Angle, etc., etc. Moving on, um, an outcome of Oscar uh, running in with Shayna Baszler was uh, there was a match later on b between Asuka and Shayna Baszler, and Asuka won. Uh, uh, so uh, Asuka continued kicking uh, uh, Shayna Baszler in the face to knock out her tooth, um, and uh, Asuka ends up defeating Shayna Baszler, so we'll see. If Shayna wants revenge and tries to go after her, I think that should be that should definitely be the women's Raw title match right there. Um, maybe Asuka will, uh, you know, beat up. I'm sorry, Asuka will get jumped by Baszler and Jax tonight or, or whatever. Who knows? Um, uh, Matt Riddle defeated uh, Mustafa Ali uh, when he wanted to lead to, by example. But somehow they're going to fight tonight at Fastlane. So I don't get that. And uh, another thing that WWE does is they take the enemy of my enemy and swish them up, right? So in the, earlier in the day, we got uh, Miz versus Drew McIntyre. And now uh, the main event match tonight was Bobby Lashley versus Sheamus. Now, Bobby Lashley versus Sheamus on its own would have been pretty good, would have been fine for me. Um, as a main event, not just for this, but for a minor pay-per-view, I wouldn't definitely not give Sheamus a, a rub like that for like a WrestleMania or even a SummerSlam, uh, especially where he is in his career, but be that as it may, uh, Bobby Lashley sent a message to Drew McIntyre by fighting his friend or former friend and putting Sheamus in the, in the hurt lock. And again, Bobby Lashley can ragdoll a cruiserweight or even a guy Six two six three uh, uh, two fifty, but um, to get a guy as massive as Sheamus and put him in the hurt lock, I mean that just means something. Uh, and uh, he, that was that was that. So now he obviously building up Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre for the uh, uh, for the main event at WrestleMania, which I hope I, I really hope that happens. Um, no offense against Braun Strowman or against uh, uh, Roman Reigns. They probably don't even know who Roman Reigns' opponent is going to be at WrestleMania at this point. Rumors are flying. Could be Brock Lesnar. Could be Goldberg. Again, it could be anybody. But uh, at least the situation on Raw is solidified, and that's kind of all that matters. So the Raw show wasn't terrible. Um, it, it was good to set up for Fastlane tonight. There you have it. Wow, that's it. I told you it was going to be a quick show, and it was a quick show. Thanks for tuning in. If you were there available to watch the show, I appreciate it. Um, again, like, share, comment below. Keep communicating with me throughout the week. Don't forget that I'm not just on so, uh, Facebook. I'm also on Twitter. I'm also on uh, Minds. I'm going to be on Locals probably very soon. And I take the audio of this show and I post it on all 
podcast streaming platform. So your favorite streaming service will have me. Apple, Spotify, St uh, Stitcher, Radio, I think. All of them. Everyone. I'll be there. Just like the Jackson 5. So you can check me out on all my uh, social medias. You can check me out. The audio version of this, wherever you like to stream audio podcasts. And I'm here at Heel Turn Wrestling, HT Wrestling 316. Check me out. This is the Heel and Face Podcast. I appreciate you being here. I am Steve Castellanovo, your boy. And um, thanks for hanging out with me. As always, have fun tonight. Have fun. Happy wrestling. And as always, peace.